Welcome to the Digital From Day One podcast. Our aim is to build a bridge by creating content that will peak interest, spark conversations, and encourage further innovations that will ultimately build a more informed and prepared pipeline of learners headed for the 21st century workforce. Hi, my name is Brendan Dickerson, and joining me as always is Joelle Nelson. Today, you'll be listening to a discussion with Columbus City Schools Chief Information Officer, Juan Nana Thank you for joining us today, and we're excited to have you on the podcast. <clears throat> Thank you, Brandon and Joel. Um, uh, we've been working on this for a while, so nice that we could finally connect. <laughs> yes. Yes, we for appreciate sure, you sure. being on with us and know that uh, it's been a little busy for you, right? So, uh, so we appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And likewise, um, glad yeah. to come and talk to what we're doing. Awesome. So as you all know, you know, we're still, you know, having Unique challenges with COVID-19 um, changed the way that organizations have operated, um, some for the good and some for the better. However, we also received some encouraging news this past week with the new vaccine uh, being approved um, here in the U.S. Um, so I think, you know, moving into 2021, you know, there's a lot of different things that are going to be positive uh, moving forward. So one of the things that we uh, wanted to really discuss is um, COVID-19 and the impact it has had on Columbus City Schools. Um, You've uh, actually, you know, preside over the largest school district in Ohio as CIO. Um, you serve over oh, 50,000 students in 110 schools. Um, back in May, uh, Columbus actually received a $157 million CARES Act uh, grant, um, which was, you know, to help with the COVID-19 response. And within uh, some of those funds, you know, $7 million was allocated uh, for assuring that every student in Columbus City Schools, you know, would receive a Chromebook. Could you uh, explain a little bit of the process from moving um, students from an in-person experience to now, you know, working uh, digitally um, through uh, using uh, Chromebooks? And I guess, you know, also the, some of the different uh, synergy and alignment, that, you know, that involved with your team. Absolutely. Um, I'd love to talk to that because I think we have moved mountains uh, for our 50,000 students and we will continue to do so because, you know, we want to maximize their learning and outcome. So uh, like you mentioned, Brendan, uh, when um, COVID initially struck and school buildings had to be physically closed down on March 16th, we closed the school buildings, but we did not stop learning, right? We cannot stop learning. Learning just cannot right. stop. It needs to go on. Right. So after the three-week hiatus, we regrouped during those three weeks heavily. Uh, my first agenda was to get our workforce productive remotely because we had to take care of the health and safety of our workforce as well. So we immediately, we had a standing relationship with Cisco. We immediately went with WebEx initially and got my entire 10,000 staff working on WebEx and ready to go in the three weeks our students were taking the extended spring break. Because my first wow. step was how do I deliver this? How do we continue to meet plan while everybody's remote and are under the stay at home orders? Mm -hmm. And um, once we had done that, uh, we started focusing, we worked closely with our academic services team. And we said, hey, do you have the content ready to deliver digital online, right? In the remote setting. While they were putting the content together, we were working on a strategy to get Chromebooks to our students. We, mm -hmm. had, uh, we had several Chromebooks, but we did not have one for every student. <laughs> we mm -hmm. were not a one-to-one -one district prior to this. So we first started targeting um, how by household. We have 28,000 households for 50,000 students. 
We said if we can even get one Chromebook to every household first, we have taken care of the issue there. At least the students have a Chromebook to share and we can get ahead with the quarter four of last mm -hmm. school year. So we started doing that and we uh, started distributing from our schools. I had uh, the school, we had the school principals, uh, their team. I had an IT person on site because you know, these were in carts. They had to be removed from carts. The card had to be pulled. They had to be prepped. And we had to sanitize mm -hmm. them. We can't just give it to the students like that because mm -hmm. of COVID. And we, right. had, we uh, had them call and make appointments. And we practiced social distancing. We worked with our, our nursing director. We made it very safe for the families to come get one. Mm -hmm. And in the spring alone, right, uh, between um, mm -hmm. March 16th and April 16th, we distributed over 19,000 Chromebooks to our family. And uh, at that point, then, you know, we found out quickly, right? Um, we all in some ways live uh, a certain life of privilege. We take internet access for granted, right? We all have it at our homes. And we found out very quickly, the Chromebook alone was not going to solve the problem. We needed to get them internet access. So we started uh, working on that. Initially, we purchased 600 uh, hotspots. The um, devices themselves were donated by an organization called I Know I Can, uh, but we started paying for the plans and these were from Verizon. And soon we, uh, and at that time, everybody was in the market for these things, right? So mm -hmm. we were, it was very hard for devices to come by. Often there was weeks wait time and we know in weeks the quarter will end. <laughs> and our students, we didn't want our students to not have access to education. So we worked with AT&T and we got another thousand hotspot devices. They delivered within a week and we were able to distribute to the students in need at the time. And at the mm -hmm. time, uh, we also worked with libraries, City of Columbus said, hey, they can come to our buildings. And in our 110 buildings, we went and surveyed every building and put repeaters around the periphery of every building so our mm -hmm. students can come to the um, parking lots and use our Wi-Fi. Mm. They could download the content, they can take it home and they can work on it. So we tried multiple different things um, to make it more accessible. And uh, so that school year ended well for us. And we found out um, about 22% of our students hadn't engaged. So we were collecting data as we went on, right? We weren't just distributing and saying, oh, okay, we're done. And we did such a great job. You know, we are ready to go. Oh, we solved digital divide. No, we start collecting the data. And this is the data we used with uh, Can Stop Columbus and Covail, uh, used to be the mm -hmm. Columbus Collaboratory. And they did some data science for us. They ran some uh, data science um, algorithms on it. And we tried mm -hmm. to predict uh, because we wanted to find out if it is just technology access that's the barrier, or there are other barriers to learning that right. we need to focus on when we come back uh, this August, right, for the next mm -hmm. school year. Turned out it wasn't just primarily the digital divide, right? It gets, we talked so much about digital divide. Yes, there is a digital divide. 30% of households in Columbus don't have access to a device or internet. Mm -hmm. However, there are other barriers to learning too. We soon mm -hmm. found out it was a language barrier. A majority mm -hmm. of our students are new English language learners. There are 70 languages spoken in Columbus city schools. Wow. And of them, there are like five to 10 uh, majority languages, um, Somali, Nepali, Bhutanese, um, and a few other languages, Spanish, and these are high French. And we always translate all our communication in these languages. However, mm -hmm. 
that language is a barrier to learning. And if these people have newly immigrated into the United States or in Columbus, um, mm. including the students, right? Not many people mm -hmm. speak English in their households. So right. we had to quickly adjust for that. We took our ESO team's help, uh, translated some of those uh, calls. I, I've been on calls, like a parent said, hey, I, I don't know the password for this hotspot device. And I was like, oh, I can help. I quickly jumped on the phone, uh, <laughs> called the parent, and we had a language barrier. They weren't able to understand what I was saying, right? And it wasn't mm. my accent, trust me. <laughs> but they, did, they, did, they had a, a problem. And then I, I quickly realized that as we called one of our translators from our ESL department, we had mm -hmm. them on the phone, they translated for us, and we were able to solve the, uh, the, the student's problem of getting mm -hmm. on to their learning. So th these are little examples, right, where we are able to work together as a bigger group within uh, Columbus City Schools and solve that problem for our students. Um, and then the school year is when Col you mentioned Columbus City Schools, uh, City of Columbus Cares Act Fund. They uh, graciously gave us $7 million. So we talked about 19,000 devices, right? And I have 50,000 students. Now we said, okay, I'm going to give every student a device. So we did an inventory of working devices and we found mm -hmm. that we were shot by 20,000, small number, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so we, um, they were gracious, but the problem was at the time, again, a there was a flooding of requests from all city schools. I polled the National Council for Greater City Schools and a lot of schools are ordered in April and they weren't going to get devices until November or December. So I had mm -hmm. very good partners. I have the fortune of having very good partners. So mm -hmm. they went to bat for me. We had to switch our um, strategy. We were a HP shop and um, mm -hmm. HP, Dell, Lenovo being equal we yeah. switched to Dell for these 20,000 because Dell had them available and we were mm. able to get them. And uh, we, uh, we were able to deliver them two weeks in advance. Oh. Um, oh. And a lot of people ask me, uh, there's a lot of skepticism, right? Because uh, Columbus City Schools, they're an inner urban uh, a district, mm -hmm. a inner city school. And then, hey, if uh, the suburbans with all their affluence can pull this off and they're telling their students they can't get devices till November, how are you going to pull this off? I said, place the trust on my partners, um, our leadership and our board backed us and uh, we were able to buy them and we distributed mm. it. So right now we have distributed over 38,500 devices. Um, that's about reaching 82% of our students. And the other 18% um, may have decided not to avail themselves. They're probably using their own devices. And uh, we mm. know some of them are, we don't know all of them are, but um, they, they haven't asked. If they ask, I have enough to give one to every student. That's good. And from a hotspots perspective, we, um, in, we are right now at 3,500 hotspots. We are mm. distributed to our families as COVID strikes, right? We are talking about COVID. As COVID comes through, you find that more and more families are entering in the hardship zone. Yes. Mm. They need, they might have had internet access, but that's one of the first things to go if you're struggling to mm. put food on the table. <laughs> you know, and internet yes. access seems frivolous, but it is not anymore, is it? It's not anymore. The students need it for learning. And by, by actually providing this internet access to a family, I think we are actually helping the whole family. We are mm -hmm. helping the parents use it after school to find jobs, connect with their families, right? It's going to help them in so many ways other than just learning. So I think we are somehow meeting community need as well with the way we are able to bridge the digital divide. 
And then um, along the line, we also adjusted our learning programs, our software mm. platforms to deliver learning. And so we, we have um, looked at a 360. So I was, I'm only touching on the devices itself, right? The devices mm -hmm. are just a window into the learning process. So in right. the back end, our academic teams, our school leadership teams, they're all working on instruction and pedagogy as mm -hmm. well to complement this. And mm -hmm. you were asking about long-term, right, Brendan? Yes. And long-term, um, actually I'm building a long-term technology strategy and I'm working mm -hmm. it across the district with multiple departments, just so we can look at it holistically. And uh, we want to have a completely integrated classroom in the future. So uh, like, you know, COVID brought us a lot of uh, pain, anguish. We have family members, we have all lost family members. We've all been impacted in some fashion. Right, However, right. COVID also brought us so many forward strides in technology that we cannot go back. Right. Yes. How do I take this forward? Is, is my uh, next challenge. And we can talk to that in, uh, in later in this podcast too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we are working on a long-term strategy. And, and, and this is, I mean, first of all, uh, congratulations, not only for all that was accomplished, but, you know, accomplishing all of that and maintaining all your hair and not pulling it out and like, losing, <laughs> like, like going crazy. You know, and, and it's interesting because it seems like we've had this conversation with quite a few people in the podcast since, um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the this pandemic has started. You were um, very recent to the Columbus City School di District before all of this came. So not even, what, six months before the, uh, the, the pandemic hit, and then now you're kind of into the throes of you know, a crisis unlike any other kind of situation. Um, so, you know, but you, you have quite a bit of experience in, in a lot of organizations that are used to dealing with challenges and opportunities and things of that nature. Can you give us some insight on, um, you know, your background and how you brought some of that to not only Columbus City Schools, but then in particular, this challenge and how your experiencing those roles at like Battelle and Nationwide and so on and so forth serve uh, in, in, in kind of getting you and the district to where you needed to be. Absolutely. Thank you for asking that, Joel, uh, because, you know, in, in my uh, previous response, Brendan had asked me about the team synergy, right? How did I bring it along? So uh, mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to think for even a second that I was able to do this alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. um, so uh, not only did I work well with my peers, the other chiefs across the organization that had their own departments, my mm -hmm. own department was amazing. They pulled mm -hmm. through, right? Uh, while everybody was staying home, we talked about distributing Chromebooks. My technicians mm -hmm. and my uh, infrastructure services manager, my operations director, we were all out in the field, mm. right? Mm. Uh, if mm. you remember uh, Emerson's poem, right? He says, brave men that work while others sleep, that dare while others fly. I have people that dare while others fly. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, and they were there, they practiced social distancing. They actually put their own safety at risk, not mm. intentionally, but with some mm -hmm. intentionality of helping our families yeah. and students. So I'm mm -hmm. incredibly grateful for my team, incredibly mm -hmm. grateful for my entire IT team, because 
we I cannot discount what my app dev guys were doing, right? They were yeah. building the tools I needed to be able to do these things <laughs> on the back end. So it wasn't like they yeah. were not doing anything. So the entire team get, came together. I had an entire deployment team that was prepping these Chromebooks, right? 20,000 yeah. Chromebooks. I had to hire an uh, army from my partners <laughs> to get them <laughs> prepped and ready to go. So yeah. it, it, was, it is like complete teamwork um, across and within my own team. Everybody came through. Um, everybody worked very hard. Um, I especially uh, our partners in accountability, right? They stood hand mm -hmm. in hand. We, we tracked everything in our student information system. We tracked uh, mm -hmm. the issue of the Chromebooks, right? Distribution of Chromebooks to a student. We were able to tie it to a student. Mm -hmm. They did that in the student information system. So everybody came together. So talking about my personal experience, Joel, uh, when, mm -hmm. when I first um, started my career as an IT leader, it was at the Bureau of Workers' Compensation, right? And mm -hmm. um, I, I was managing a team of 11 um, individuals um, and uh, I was the only woman, mm. a woman of color, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I was the youngest member of the team. Um, however, they all helped me learn my trade pretty quickly and how mm. to come together as a team, right? Um, not only that, I had a great mentor. Um, his name is Mike Cakes, and I want to thank him <laughs> this forum. And mm. Mike told me once, I, I was young I was new right so I would say if, if there was a project we were running with right I would say hey I have done my bit it's now in the Unix team and that's why it's getting delayed because they had some other priorities you know work they're not able to work on it so Mike mm -hmm. told me once I mean he let me say this two times three times right the fourth time he told me when you own a project right or when you own a delivery it's not just your team <laughs> It's not what mm -hmm. you're responsible for. You need to go across and build those relationships and influence mm -hmm. those teams to get things done. Not just say, hey, my responsibility is done. It's on somebody else and that's a delay. That, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go across. And sometimes mm -hmm. you may have the positional authority, but sometimes you'll have the responsibility without the authority. Mm -hmm. That's when you learn to influence and you have to build that art of influencing. And that mm. were really wise words that have stuck with me every part of my career, right? Mm. Every mm -hmm. part of my career, I've learned to reach across. And if you want mm. me to deliver something, it's, it's not going to start with me and end with me. It's going to take a village. And I yes. need to be able to influence the village to come together. So my experience at Battelle was, um, you know, you touched upon Battelle was amazing. So I had uh, the fortune to work for um, David White. He's the CIO of Battelle. Yeah. Now, David always told me, I I'm a hard worker. So uh, I don't um, notice the time. I'm always working. You know, I want to get it done, get it done. <laughs> so I have drawn out a schedule. I have laid out plans and I meet them every time. But he once told me, one thing I learned to procrastinate sometimes. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <what> he said. <laughs> With procrastination comes great creativity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when you're at the wire to get something done, mm -hmm. you will get most creative. So you'll have you will engage in more out of the box thinking. And he said, I know you think outside the box, but you know, don't work so hard. Don't be the genie that's always asking for more work. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I was like, mm. after my mom, he was the first one to tell me that. <laughs> my mom said, <laughs> 
my mom's a teacher and she said in my entire career you're the only one i've asked not to work so hard <laughs> sometimes i can get carried away but you know i've had mentors along the way like that 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 mm -hmm. um and i'm a good listener so when they say things like this i try to go to the bottom of it right it was said as jest however mm -hmm. there's right. a point to it right sometimes exactly. right. you will get new mm -hmm. information later that that will make you change course of a decision mm -hmm. right and if you mm -hmm. are already done with it mm -hmm. you're not too far you're not grounded enough to wait for that information patiently to come through and sometimes right. knowledge yeah. is all the power you need to make the right decisions and do the Absolutely. right thing. nationwide i was running strategy for nationwide and i learned how a big enterprise like that works mm -hmm. and i've learned also that in in such a big enterprise sometimes the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing this is no mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know nothing uh, derogative about it it's, it's across any big organization so mm -hmm. uh, i've learned to look for those things easily now in columbus city schools hey what kind of duplication of effort exists let's hmm. bring it all together let's not have yeah. multiple efforts that way we are not um, you know expending the productivity <laughs> on same mm -hmm. thing we are focusing on different things but it's coming together um in a unified manner so yeah i've learned uh, multiple lessons along the way and i carry each of those lessons into um you know where i'm going <laughs> and what what i need to do that's great that's great and that's really interesting as well too one thing that really stood out was when you mentioned how you was, you was on the front lines you know of the distributions and one thing that you know i just recently listened to uh, elon musk was saying um uh, about you know product development and, and, and a lot of times um, individual in the C-suite you know they get away from you know uh, being so close to the products and, and the things that they're working on that they um, kind of miss the small details that really you know um, make the project go. Um, so can, can you I guess elaborate a little bit more on um, some lessons learned or not even that but maybe some things that you might have might have done differently with the information that you do have now um, as you know, during that time period, I mean, information was flowing so quick. <laughs> I mean, you had to be, you know, be, be on your toes a little bit, but I love to learn, you know, um, touch on that a little bit more. Absolutely, uh, Brendan. Again, I'm glad you asked this question because sometimes when I'm in this uh, uh, mode where I get passionate, right? And uh, <laughs> totally animated and I'm talking about how we are solving this for our, our students. There, there mm -hmm. are multiple things we learned across the way, um, mm -hmm. right? Like I told you, the first aha was, okay, we gave Chromebooks now, um, you know, what about internet access? So that's something we learned. We learned mm -hmm. about support itself, right? Uh, our parents, a lot of them are essential workers. Mm. So if I, my help desk hours were 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. If I kept it at 6 a.m. to 5 p.m., a lot of parents don't have the opportunity to call for help. Yeah. And oftentimes they do not call for help. <clears throat> And, uh, but they were struggling, they were suffering in silence. And we would only find out if the student didn't engage and then we dig deep and then they have a repaired Chromebook, they have a broken Chrome, right? Something mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. And so we worked with the Columbus Metropolitan Library with partnership initially, and now I have staffed my, our own help desk. We went to extended hours. We started offering 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. on weekdays and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And mm -hmm. on Sundays from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, and mm -hmm. the Columbus Metropolitan Library's call center 
was offered to us by Patrick Lusinski that was so gracious of them. And we trained them with some um, quick hit questions that they can mm -hmm. help us. And so we had an option where people could go there during those extended hours and get the help they needed. Uh, the Columbus Metropolitan Library also started offering digital literacy skills. I told you there are multiple barriers, right? We have some parents that are unable to navigate the digital world. Okay, I'm a CIO. I have a fifth grader who's on, uh, you know, the distance learning at, at Old Intangy, one of the suburban districts. I struggle sometimes <laughs> to keep track of every uh, platform he needs to be on or, um, um, after working on a Surface or a Surface Pro or any one of these other Windows devices, I'm struggling with a Chrome OS and a Chrome Chromebook, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's given me, um, so it's been such an eye opener for me to go through these personal experiences to kind of have that empathy for what our parents are going through. And mm -hmm. imagine somebody that is not digitally literate, that's not a digital native like you and me. So mm -hmm. right. now, that we all started offering digital literacy skills. So I'm not just looking at, uh, uh, like I, again, said, not just technology, I'm looking at the three tenets. Uh, my friend, Sam Orth said this, educate, advocate, innovate, right? Mm, so educate <laughs> is the digital literacy piece uh, attributed to Sam Orth. He's the one that gave me that phrase. So I can't <laughs> claim credit for that, but I use it shamelessly. <laughs> <laughs> he said it so. Um, well, it has staying power now. You can, yeah, you're planting those seeds all over the place now. <laughs> <laughs> um, advocacy, right? Like, like I said, digital literacy is advocacy because, um, you know, you, you need to empathize. You need to walk in their shoes. Um, and these are not cliches, right? You really need to right. empathize. Yeah. You really need to do it. And uh, innovate. So now I've had all this information. I know all this. So innovation doesn't have to be that billion dollar device. It can very well be that extended support hours. Yeah. That's innovation and delivery for you. It doesn't have to mm -hmm. be technology always. It doesn't have to be an app always. It can mm -hmm. be simple things you can put in place that makes a big difference in the lives of these people. And the other big, big thing that you asked Brendan was, what do you know now that you wish you had known before, right? National mm -hmm. average, 10% of devices come up for repair. But mm. understand, we've never done the scale across the country to schools where kids are being loaned devices. 25% of our devices are coming back for repair. We have repaired 10,000 <laughs> oh. devices since March. It's Ooh. anything, right? Wow. <laughs> Somebody used it as a mm. breakfast plate, this maple syrup with a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> There is water damage. We are teaching our parents to put the device in rice, how to pressure power wash the water damage using their air dryers. We are coming up with innovative ways to help our parents, <laughs> teach them how to fix it, or we'll fix it ourselves. We have a huge repair unit. We don't have a repair unit. My technicians are also the repair unit, but we have mm -hmm. repaired 10,000 or more Chromebooks. Wow. You know what I wish I'd done? We had invested in cases protective cases. Mm. Lots yeah. of them that have been shattered screens because they're dropped. Mm. <clears throat> and we have some students that just don't want to engage that I know a student that's thrown them in the lake <laughs> because he just don't want to come to online class. <laughs> so <laughs> we have a wide yeah. variety, but I wish I had protective waterproof cases put on them. So that's a note to myself when I was talking to you about the long-term technology, we'll go in detail about. 
um, that's a note to myself, invest in cases because that can mm -hmm. save me from three, four, five devices per student. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. <laughs> and Brendan and I are probably laughing a little more, <laughs> a little harder because of our experience with, you know, at OSU, we're, we're doing a digital flagship uh, initiative with, with distributing those iPads to all incoming freshmen. So um, those challenges don't change when they become college students uh, <laughs> in terms of the number of devices that come back with, you know, hey, I, you know, I used it to uh, for some kind of function on my car or uh, I got mad at my professor and threw it across the room or <laughs> something like that. So those things kind of, those things happen. Um, that, that's, 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 that's funny, but also I understand that, that challenge as well. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the digital flagship real quick. I wanted to also give credit to Corey Tressler and mm -hmm. uh, Rich Bertner at the Hilliard City Schools. I actually went to them mm -hmm. uh, initially mm -hmm. to understand how they had done the distribution. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the digital flagship is an amazing program. Uh, the only difference is um, Corey was going through the same thing initially when I talked to him in March as well is while we, we you had the time to distribute it for freshmen, suddenly you're looking across the board as struggling disengaged students and seeing how you can fill that barrier. So suddenly it yes. went from an organized program to I have yeah. to get this. How do I do it? Right. We were all, yes. um, we were all talking <laughs> about it. Yeah, it was. I mean, and yeah, we were. You know, we were all involved in those conversations, and and but it got done, right? That's <laughs> that's the that's the that's the big thing is it got done, and 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 we're still learning from those those processes and procedures that were created from that. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Digital from Day One podcast. Make sure you visit our website at go.osu.edu forward slash digital day one, the number one, where you can find out how to subscribe, more information about our guests, and more information about our team. As always, we'd love to know what you think. Use the feedback form on the website, or you can shoot us an email at digitalfromday1 at osu.edu. The one is actually spelled out here or simply give us a rating on iTunes. And we'd appreciate if you tell your friends about our little show here too. As always, I'm Joel and that's Brendan. Let's continue to make the connections to opportunity stronger. Until next time, everybody.